A lot of families feeling the cost of Christmas this year due to high prices. Although inflation has gone down along with mortgage rates, unemployment rates and the cost of gas, shoppers still feeling the squeeze on their wallets. I budgeted knowing that Christmas comes the same time every year and that inflation was still going to be high. Americans giving President Biden terrible approval numbers, no matter how you look at it. First, let's look overall. 35% overall approval versus 59%, a record high for the CNBC All-America survey during the president's tenure. 33-62 on the economy. Uh, he's he's as, almost as much underwater as he's ever been. And then now on foreign policy, 29-63, that's a record high. 34 points under water. Let's look at where it's fallen from 41%. If we go and look at the, the, the trajectory on this, up five points on disapproval, down six points on approval. This is not the most wonderful way for a president to be handing in into a re-election year. And one really interesting group that we've been looking at now is the Latino vote and Latino preference here. You can see that it was sort of even uh, in the second quarter and now a big gap here with 61% disapproval of President Biden and just 28% approval. We have, and the numbers just keep getting worse. Those 12,600 encounters you mentioned, that is the highest single day total ever recorded, beating the previous record just a couple of weeks ago. And Eagle Pass is just getting completely overrun. Take a look at this video. Uh, a contact on the ground there sent us last night thousands upon thousands of migrants camped out waiting uh, to be processed by Border Patrol. I can tell you, I've spent hundreds of days in Eagle Pass over the last couple of years. I've never seen the situation that bad there. Uh, and it is still going on this morning. Take a live look at our Fox News drone over Eagle Pass right now. You can see masses of migrants still camped out there waiting for Border Patrol. I want to speak quickly to the Democrats in the Senate and others who are considering supporting this proposal. If you do so, you will be surrendering to right-wing racism. And more than that, you will be enabling it. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a an honest mistake that went out in in typing the email field and um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well so um, it is my intention that we can again um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together we all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we've seen. Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 161 here on Tuesday, December 19th. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm Mike McKenna. And let me tell you something. It's just cold in D.C. It is cold and this town is empty. Baby, it's cold outside. Is that song allowed? Are we allowed to play that song anymore? I, I heard. My son and his then-girlfriend, now wife, sang that song in a more or less talent contest in college. And there were a bunch of people who were like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like... I think I think some remakes have adjusted the lyrics a little bit. So, but anyway, so Do Dolly has a version with, uh, is it with Kenny? Or is it Dolly and Kenny together? I don't remember. But that's been hot. That's been playing on the radio. It's ridiculous. So. Come on, man. 
We are 100% holiday music right now in the car. Nothing but holiday. Okay, I don't understand what Except that Except one song, they're only allowed to get it once at a time of their choosing, uh, the last day of which is Christmas Day, and that is that Mariah Carey song, oh, All I Want for Christmas. One time they're allowed, one time. That's so, okay, first off, what holiday are you celebrating? I'm sorry. Are you celebrating Kwanzaa? Is that the holiday songs you're you're speaking no, of? No, all songs are on the table except for Mariah Carey's version. Okay, but what I mean is your Christmas songs. Oh yeah, they're not holiday songs; they're Christmas songs. We're speaking right, of whatever, a specific. Sorry. We're speaking yeah. of a specific. There's some other. Day. There's some other like you know. I get Santa it. Claus is coming to town, and okay, I get it. What you're saying is, is that like, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I get it. You're saying right? that some of the secularism is leaked in, but we're going to try yeah. to resist that. For the most part, uh, look, Biden. How, speaking of which, how the Biden stole Christmas? Oh boy, uh, was the uh, it, I like how the news and and we didn't put one in here with um with uh, Costa, uh, our friend Jim Acosta, who was talking. Uh, he's confused as to why people are so sour on on Biden's economy, and even old man Stan Greenberg. You remember him? Yep. This you got to watch that clip. I didn't play the clip, but you got to watch the clip. You see how old he is now. Wow. Stan will help. His, his, his wife, Rosa, is getting up there, too. I mean, yeah. it, they've been, I mean, they've been around for like, they've been in the public life for 50 years. So they, they got to be old, right? And Stan's, yeah, a good, Stan's a good pollster. He is. In, in fact, side, sidebar here, he, uh, during cap and trade, yeah. he, uh, he did a, a memo out to all his progressives, and he said he tested the American Energy Alliance's ad, yeah, was, and trade, and said it was the most effective ad of the entire of the entire debate. Yeah, I I, I totally get that. That's that's what makes Stan a good. That's what makes Stan a good pollster, right? He just looks at the data. He's like, hey man, these guys these guys have we're us. Talking, yeah. First, we're talking about a person who we didn't whose clip didn't make the the floor. But speaking of polling, CNBC shock poll if you will, uh, Biden's disapproval rating overall, 59% economy, 62, foreign policy now 63%. And Latinos in particular's disapproval at a whopping 61%, Mr. McKenna. Yeah, I know. The interesting thing about that foreign policy stuff is most Americans agree with the Israelis more than they agree with the Palestinians, but they still give, they still give, President Biden low marks, which I kind of feel bad for him because he's like, Dude, I'm, I'm doing what you want me to do. Doesn't seem to matter. Even when he does what people want him to do, they still like, map, you know, wrong color or whatever, right? You know, wrong size, wrong color, doesn't fit right. Send it back. Yeah. These numbers are not good for anybody. It, uh, it, it is anybody huge. running for reelection. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit last week. I'll talk about it again for a second. Um, it, it, it's not so much any one number or even the the um, magnitude of one number. What it is is it's the durability of the numbers across the last three months. It's just a bad trend line, and we're 11 months out, less than that now, right? Ten and a half months out, and um, it, it it's just it's just it's just the the atmospherics are not good. Yeah, for for Team Biden. No, I'm saying, also, not, not saying he's going to lose. I'm just saying. You don't want to go into you don't want to go into your real like like this. Yeah, I and mean, if it was any other, uh, I mean, first of all, it was any other time, Biden probably wouldn't have been the nominee. One, two, uh, if it was any other time, these numbers would sink. 
any incumbent, but this is not any other time. True. This is a very different time. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, uh, news Bloomberg News and Morning Consult had a poll that showed Trump leading plus four in Arizona, plus six in Georgia, plus four in Michigan, plus three in Nevada, plus nine in North Carolina. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, here's here's the reason why you should take that seriously, right? Because plus two in Pennsylvania, sorry, I add, and plus four in Wisconsin. Yeah, here's why you should take that seriously, right? It um. It, it 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 fits in with what you know about Georgia and North Carolina, which tends to um, ratify the results in the other race. The other thing that I thought was interesting is <laughs> this was reported in Politico this morning. I think it was Politico at uh, Elise Elisa Slotkin, Congresswoman Slotkin, who's running for that open Senate in Michigan, right? Yeah. Um, has apparently expressed her reservations to Team Biden that hey man, if they keep losing. If, they, if they're going to if they're going to lose the state of Michigan by three or four or five points, she herself is going to be at some risk during that campaign. Um, yeah, well, it, you know, it would be. We've just, sorry, I didn't mean. No, 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 I was just going to say it would. It would. It, I think she's right. Um, and I guess why I mention it is because probably Bob Casey in Pennsylvania is in the same spot, right? He's going to run. Dave McCormick's going to run approximately coterminal with the with President Trump. It's entirely possible whoever winds up being the nominee in Michigan is going to be co-terminal with President Trump too. This 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 Senate thing could be could be bigger than than anticipated, and we could still lose the House. You know, they, we they Republicans. No, I get it. In in a, in a um, it has been it has been proposed to me in the last couple of days that losing the House would actually, if you win the presidency in the Senate, that losing the House would help constrain and limit and direct the next president's choices. And that might be a good thing. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that because the annual, uh, I'll get, we'll get to it in the show notes. Yeah. In the, in the topics I should say. Uh, so Eagle pass and, and the, the highest record of, of um, encounters at the border. And we have negotiations that are f- largely being conducted by four or five people in the United States Senate and a couple of people in the White House about some border protection measures in exchange for the heaping buttloads of money we're going to send to Ukraine. Yeah. And yet a Democrat member of Congress from Texas, Joaquin Castro, says that if you, any of you Democrat senators vote for this, you're caving into right wing racism. Yeah, which leads me to my immediate question: When somebody says something like that, is would it be better if it led them into left-wing racism? Is that okay? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, well, is that modifier really important there, well, or is it just propaganda? Funny you ask, because <laughs> funny I ask, because Mayor Wu of Boston got in a little pickle this past week. I'm sorry, Mayor Wu, the first elected. Um, Asian American, the first elected Asian American in Boston, in Boston, who, she, who does not have very much of a Boston accent, by uh, the way, it tells you tells you a lot about the Irishman in Boston nowadays. Go ahead. Anyhow, uh, apparently, a email that was supposed to go simply to the um, those in the city council and across the um, uh, uh, you know offices in the city council. Was was to attend an electeds of color holiday party at the Parkman House. Accidentally went to all council members and staff, uh, to which uh, a 
follow-up email was quickly sent out and say, oops, sorry, it just meant, didn't mean it for, for everyone to go out there. And she, of course, said that this was um, retaliation, misinformation, motives. Um, they wanted to, you know, um, probably would smear me because, you know, put it on the radar by someone who wasn't invited. I mean, it was just all very strange. Uh, and and she said, of course, I looked forward to other parties, but we have, we're have we having this special party. And then she tweeted out a picture of the special party shortly thereafter. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think it's fine. You know, I, I'm going to get the explanation. You know, the white folks who weren't invited were mad. And that's that. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, I, it. And then it's a thing like, <laughs> welcome to the club. I, <laughs> We were never invited to your parties. Now you can't come to my parties. I'm so we're all everyone's bringing everyone together these days in America. Right. I, I oh boy. You, you know, I mean, here's what I really think about this. It, it's bad enough that 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 it's bad enough that the non-believers have expropriated my holiday, my holy day. But now I got non-believers like insulting each other and ruining each other's good time over my holy day. I'm like, look, guys, here's a simple answer. If you believe in God, and if you're a Christian, celebrate Christmas. And if you don't, please don't. Just that simple. Don't have your stupid parties. Don't not invite people. Just don't. Just don't be that person. And I, you know what? I won't show up at whatever your secular holiday is and wreck it. Can't we all just get along? Evidently not, and that's why I'm saying, look, don't marginalize my experience as a as a as a Christian American. <laughs> and lastly, am I allowed to say deeper, that nowadays? Am I allowed to say that nowadays? Yes, this is America. Okay, marginalize my experience. And it's the, uh, <laughs> that's got to be the show title. <laughs> hey man, hey man, comma, hey, hey don't man. marginalize my experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all watched another episode of veep with that last clip of our our good vice president harris yeah who once again told a, a national actually a worldwide audience spent about a minute talking about absolutely nothing so i guess that new comms director isn't really hasn't really like taken over yet yeah, it isn't really so. isn't really working out like they'd hoped yeah mm. I, I yeah 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 all right well i have two announcements Lay it on One me. is thank you to all who came to the ier and aea christmas party last week it was a good time it was it had was. by all and yeah. i want to apologize to my producer for suggesting that we have extra scotch at the very end of the party that was probably the wrong idea yeah but yeah other than that it was a fantastic let fantastic the record show idea. that i alerted everybody that that was a bad idea at the time <laughs> and i was ignored i was ignored so what's new you're always ignored only when i'm giving good advice to people ignore me when i say something reckless and stupid everyone follows my lead always a mistake lastly uh we will take we will likely take next week off but who knows? We might surprise you if we're sitting around our houses bored, bored as hell. I was gonna say bored we out might text team. each other and say, "Hey, let's hop on the let's, do it let's hop on the zooms and have a podcast." So don't expect one, but who knows? You might have. I'll a, warn you right now. You if might we have get, a Christmas. 
a post-Christmas surprise. I warn you right now, if we do one next week, it's going to be focused on the election and the possible transition scenarios, because that's all anybody in town has wanted to talk to me about for the last three days. I'm... I think they're all getting a little ahead of themselves right now. <laughs> yeah, are uh, you sure? <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion. I'm like, you, you don't mind if we actually play the game first, do you? Yeah. All right, any announcements from you? I have two. I have two. One, it's my uh, brother's birthday. My older brother's birthday is uh, December 27th. As you might imagine, it usually gets lost in the Christmas mayhem. He will be 66 this year, I believe. Yes, because 66. So happy birthday, Chris. I know you listen occasionally. I don't know how often you listen. And then the second announcement I have is is I have a, a scribble here on my notepad promo so now's the moment where we're going to do a promo and, oh good good work and what we're going to announce is if you like the show you should uh do some technological thing what should they do rate, review, and subscribe. you want to rate review and subscribe and by rate i of course mean give us like five stars or whatever the young people do nowadays review please only glowing things about me say what you want about tom and what subscribe subscribe most important part of that function and as always, if you like the show, tell your friends. If you have a beef with it, keep it to yourself. Don't call us because we have we have literally no concern about that. Uh, I'm going to take it one step further. Lay it on me. If you like this show so much that you feel you oh, want boy. to give us a little bit of money, really, you can go on to the American Energy Alliance website and there's a little button up top that says donate. And we will, of course, re if you wish, we will uh, we will thank you mm-hmm. live on the air at a future episode of the Unregulated Podcast. Very few people volunteer to go to the camps, so we understand <laughs> if like that's anonymous. Anyway, those are my two. Right, and, and then also, uh, uh, I had one more. Sorry, so do we I. have a new listener uh, uh, initials KG, and we'll leave it at that. I'm I'm glad you stumbled upon our podcast, and I'm glad that you appreciate. Our work. I think the exact Kevin Gentry phrase was, I think the exact phrase was, Hey guys, I stumbled on your podcast and it's good. I don't, I don't know who your target audience is, but I'm in it. So we don't know who our target audience is either. Um, All right. Before we get going on what I assume is going to be the silly season of our, of our uh, podcast, I would like to do something I never do. Um, I would like to read. Um, I would like to read from a column I'm about to file, if I may. May I? You may. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what you've been writing lately, but let's just move that to this part of the show. Okay. It's a it's a column I've written before, and I'm probably going to turn in with some slight modifications right now. And here's to my mind the relevant the relevant portion um, to to your to your immediate point about you guys are not ready for Christmas. Um, at the same time during this season, it's important to remember that there are those who are suffering more and more directly. To the extent you can, love and care for those who may be scuffling a bit, and we are all scuffling a bit. The list is long. Lonely people, single moms struggling to raise their children and work, married people going through difficulties, single people who wish they had someone, old people worry about sickness and their impending moment, kids worried about the social tyranny of their peers, the sick, the poor in body or in spirit, those who have not heard about Christmas, the millions throughout the world who suffer active persecution. Be aware that the world now, as always, provides endless opportunities to good things, to, to do good things, to help people, and to focus on the needs of others rather than one's own challenges. 
And here's the point I'm making. During the Christmas season, there's always so much to do, and the weight and burden of responsibilities sometimes seems overwhelming. Try not to worry about being all things to all people. Most people, and I include myself in this, only really want to know that you love them and think about them from time to time. That's a message Christmas for me to everybody else. Please, please, please try not to worry about all the superficial stuff. Amen to that. That's an excellent, excellent, excellent message. And I will take it to heart. God loves you. That seems like, that uh, seems like enough. For silly, Go let's ahead. get into the silly stuff. Let's get to the and silly stuff. Seriously. Enough seriousness. On this day in 1843, on this very day. 19, December 19th, 18, 1843? Yes, sir. And it is um, wow. a classic, classic Christmas. Charles Dickens' first ep- first chapter of uh, Christmas Carol was published. Boom. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Stick with me. You're good. Now, the second one, I'm going to give you a little hint. Yeah, I gave you a little hint last time. Little, little, little clip. Yeah. Producer, play the clip. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Uh, The House impeached him today. Ding, ding, ding. On this day in 1998, after nearly 14 hours of debate, the House of Representatives approved two articles of impeachment against President Bill Clinton wow. for lying under oath to a federal grand jury and obstructing justice. Yikes. That obstruction charge, man, those guys like that. That was that was the that was one of the bosses um counts as well. Charges as well. Yeah, so uh the first count, uh 45 Democrats and 10 voted not guilty. Uh, On the charge of obstruction, the Senate was split 50-50 compared to um, Trump won, which is insane. Trump won was 52-48, if you even remember what it was. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was Ukraine. It was was Ukraine phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one of the. Was uh, 51-40-49. 57-43. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because so. Romney Romney split his vote. Yeah, yeah. He voted he voted yes on one and no on the other. I'm like, how how can how can that even be? He's either guilty and of both or course, guilty of neither. The House voted last week to finally formalize the Biden impeachment, and so it seems to me that the whole impeachment thing, which had only happened one other time before Clinton, and was. Well on his way to being being impeached, Richard Nixon, who resigned uh, to to spare us all the agony, has now turned into a basically a, a political circus. a seasonal event. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it it um there are much stronger grounds impeaching Mayorkas, right? and it's yeah. and it's actually substantive. It has something to do with something people care about. Right. It, this is this is this is um this is ill advised and is not going to turn out well. Just know you feel that coming a hundred miles away. All right, got one more. Nineteen ninety. You're not going to guess this, but I threw it in there anyway because I wanted to talk about it. Nineteen ninety. The Giants clinched the the Giants clinched the NFL playoffs. No, but it has to do with an NFL football player who also happened to be a major league baseball player. Bo Jackson. Day, Bo Jackson hurt himself. No, close. 
Bo Jackson became the first athlete to be both an NFL and MLB All-Star. Yeah. And he was elected to the MLB All-Star game as a running back for the Los Angeles Raiders. And of course, he, he played for the Royals. Royals and was elect uh, played in an All-Star game for yeah. the Royals. Probably the third best, probably the third best athlete in the 20th century, which is saying oh my something. Gosh. Name, without a doubt name the other name the other two name the two who were better than him well i mean jim jim brown jim brown was the second the best there jim brown's second best uh and who would you say was number one only one choice here skip guy won multiple olympic medals played baseball and football professionally uh i don't know give it to me jim thorpe jim thorpe okay yeah I jim was, thorpe I was that far back but uh, All right. You know, but, you now, know the, the only guy, I mean, Jim Brown is, is close to Thorpe. Jackson is close to Jim Brown. It's kind of crazy. Jim, I mean, you know, I want everyone to watch that 30 for 30 on Bo, the ESPN special. It is top notch. I yeah. mean, it, just, it is top notch. I think, and, the, I think the only, you know, if he had played, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he, he, he would have been. Yeah, especially how he got hurt. The, the fractured hip he was yeah. running so fast that when the like two or three defenders who were holding on to him grabbed his lower body his upper body kept going kept moving. yeah <laughs> it was insane yeah. so and it ended his career the other one to watch is i don't know if you ever, remember ricky williams yeah that guy i mean fascinating yeah if he another had... really fascinating story yeah, mike, you should watch that one mike dick had destroyed his career Watch them all, actually. They're the thirty for thirties are great. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot, a lot of them are good. A lot of them are good. Some yeah. of them are like propaganda. Yeah. All right, that's it for this day in history. It's probably enough. So, um, I mean, you know, this day in history is usually marked by people scrambling frantically to buy last minute Christmas presents. So, so you uh, you brought up the impeachment charges or the impeachment march. Uh, this was from. The Hill court date set for Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, Hunter is slated to make his first appearance in California federal court next year, January 11th at 1 p.m. at the federal district court in Los Angeles. Um, he was indicted earlier this month on three felony charges in connection to tax evasion and filing a false return, as well as misdemeanor for failure to pay taxes between 16 and 19. Uh, Biden already pleaded not guilty uh, to the charges and his attorney, Abe Lowell, is saying that this is just unfair. This is not. Where's the fairness, justice and decency in this? I don't know. Abby, you tell me the um, I would simply note a couple of things. Really, I just know one thing. Well, really, I'd ask a question. Do you do you. Um, oh, boy. What was the name of the guy who ran Chicago? Daily? No, the the criminal who ran Chicago back in the thirties. Oh, the um, yeah, the mobster. Yeah, Capone, Al Capone, Capone? Al Capone Alphonse Capone, right? Um, he's one of your brethren. Um, you remember what they got him on? Yeah, they got him on tax tax, tax evasion, evasion. tax yeah. evasion. First thing I thought of when they when they indicted when when they moved to indict, I was like, yep, yep. So it was the IRS that gets you, kids. So Hunter is going to court. He's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. Well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go to L.A. County lockup either. I mean, you're, 
it's not a good place. All right. Should we talk about the race for the presidency? Oh, good Lord. Do we have to? Two quick, two quick things, and then we can move on. Two quick things. First, (laughs) the endorsement heard around the world Uh, came, but it was not who we thought it would be. It was Nikki Haley instead. Chris Sununu endorsed former South Carolina governor and U.S. former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley. And according to a political pundit in New Hampshire, this is a game changer. Oh, boy which is intended or not to solidify Haley as the alternative to Donald Trump and make and the makeup of New Hampshire primary primary voters cannot be overlooked. I'm planning on overlooking it later on today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay. So I may overlook it as we're speaking. So is it good? Is it going to matter now or not? Cause it's not DeSantis. No, here's the problem. And I don't understand why this is so hard to, to, to get the the problem is is that Haley Governor Haley has become the residence now of the never Trumpers and you yes. can't be a never Trumper and win the nomination you can't yeah. be you can be a not Trumper but you can't be a never Trumper yeah. and she's a never Trumper and I'm just like dude it it literally doesn't change anything doesn't change the mechanics of it we're still coming down to Iowa. Trump wins in Iowa. He's going to win in New Hampshire. He's probably going to win in South Carolina at that point, right? He's going to stomp everybody. Yeah. It. It. Sununu made a tactical mistake. He should have endorsed um, DeSantis like three weeks ago, right after. Yeah. Um, right after right the Kim Reynolds preacher man, the preacher man did too. Yeah. Right? And that would have let you know that would have let the Americans for Prosperity guys endorse him as well, and then there might have been a race. But you know, since they all split their endorsements. We're all gonna split the split the 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 other than Trump ballot, and we're gonna wind up with President Trump winning Iowa by fifty five, you know, with fifty five percent of the vote, and New Hampshire with fifty five percent of the vote, and probably March fifth, all those states by fifty five percent of the vote. The good news is Trump campaign finally got smart enough and changed the rules in a bunch of these states to make them winner take all. So fifty five percent is gonna be enough to take. All the all the delegates. All the delegates, right? Yeah. Which, 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 by the way, those of you who listen to the podcast know that I had been predicting they were going to do for quite some time, and then Politico, you know, about a month ago, found out they're like, "Oh my God, that seems like cheating." I'm like, "Yeah, it definitely seems like you've taken control of the operation <laughs> and changed the rules." Yeah. That's what you're supposed if, to do. As if that isn't happening in the Democratic well, slump. That's what yeah. you're supposed. That's what you pay campaign staff for is to right. is to change the gradient of the campaign. I'm like, right. good. I'm glad, but. but this whole uh, this whole cycle has been, oh, you know, boy. yeah. The fix has been in for both, you know, it, for both of them. Well, so. you know, when people talk about, you know, when, when all these political scientists, you know, clear their throats and talk about the power of incumbency, this is what they mean. Exactly. You know, because they're both incumbents, right? That's right. They are both incumbents. Yeah. All right. So, uh, in other political presidential politics, yeah. A wise man uh, created an alternative headline for this. Jeff Rowe backs down from oh, ever back down. Golly, Willikers. <laughs> this is from USA Today. Top consultant for DeSantis backing never back down. Super PAC quits amid turmoil. Uh, the political consultant uh, quit departure, his swift departure from the organization on Sunday. 
um, in response to a Washington Post story that quoted PAC statements, quote, suggesting the group fired officials connected to Rose firm over mismanagement and conduct issues, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, they'd have been better off just saying, "Look, these guys are these guys are not good at what they do, so we fired them." The only the thing about it is, and this is important, right? The reason why we have a presidential race is because it gives you some glimpse into the ability of the candidate to judge people, both voters and the people with whom he or she surrounds themselves. The second team DeSantis hired Roe and his crew. You knew right away, okay, that's that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Rose is a lovely human being, and he loves his family, and he probably has a dog, but he's not good at this stuff. He's just not. He doesn't want anything, right? And, I, you know, I know you have your own personal opinions that you're probably not going to share because you don't want to get in trouble, but he, he's terrible. He's just not good at this stuff. And, and you know, forget everything else. Identify for me some candidate that he's carried over, that he, you know, that he's helped win. And the answer is, well, yeah. more, more importantly, longer, longer term. What does this all of this do for DeSantis? Does he get a do-over in four years or eight years? Or I mean, what what is the? I guess so. I, you know, yeah, I think so. He hasn't. It, the campaign hasn't been embarrassing, um, right? It hasn't been like. Uh, it's, it's not an Asa Hutchinson well, it's not a campaign. Dean scream or Dukakis in the tank or anything yeah, like that. I mean, that. I think he ran against, you know, he's been running against the guy who started off with all the powers of incumbency. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he hired, you know, he hired a bunch of guys who couldn't help him win is not a recommendation for next time around, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that said, it's important to remember that very, very, very few people win their first time out because it's a complicated thing, and you, there's of no course. there's no training ground for it, right? It's a it's a game all its own. Um, the only guy I can yeah. think the only guy I can think of who won the first time out was Obama. Well, and, and Trump. No, no, I'm not going to give him a mulligan on '88. He was in that campaign. Trump was in that campaign. Was in the campaign. Sure. I mean, he he played he played with that campaign for three four months before he decided. Yeah, I'm not that guy. So yeah, yeah I, you don't get to you don't get to be half pregnant. You know, you're you're in, you're out. He's in. He was in. That's that. All right. No, I was just thinking like the Reverend Jackson or something like that. Well, right? Reverend Jackson, kind of a... in, but you're not because it's good profile. You know. So yeah. Anyway, I, I, I take I, I take your point, right? But to my, the the only guy who's ever been in in and won his first time out was Obama, and that was a moment of. Person, place, and and yeah, well, context, also right? just to prove just she, the sheer dislike of Hillary. Like, you know, she couldn't beat Trump either. Well, in all fairness, you could also say it. It it, it 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 recognized the limitations of Senator McCain too, right? Oh yeah, you know, sure. He, who yeah. who who was good at a bunch of stuff, um, but was also bad at a bunch of stuff. All right, uh, Germany. Let's go to Germany. Let's not. Shall we? No. But actually, the, actually, the Christmas markets are lovely this time of year. Yes, they are. But I have a, a couple. Uh, one, one is energy related. Uh, the other, though, is not. This is from Newsweek. Yeah. I just wanted your thoughts on this, oh, whether boy. you care or not. Germany to permanently deploy troops for the first time since World War II. A new agreement between Germany and Lithuania will lead to German troops' first permanent foreign deployment since World War II. The announcement was made on Monday, blah, blah, blah. 
4,800 permanently stationed German soldiers. Both officials call the move a historical moment, not just for their nations, but for NATO as well. Okay. That's it. I just want, I threw that out there. Just thought, wanted to get your thoughts. I'm, I'm excited to see that the Germans are finally exercising. The German speaking people are once again exercising their, I don't say their ascendancy, but their, their significant power um, capabilities inside of Central Europe. I think that's good. I think that's a healthy thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And so you're not like concerned about, you know, the fact that they haven't been the best of the best of neighbors because of what they did. The best of neighbors. Yeah. Um, well, in all fairness, the French kind of ran up the score on them in, in World War One. So, you know, if everybody could just like manage to not be um, overly aggressive, I'm sure everybody will be not overly aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't. I don't think the German people who, by the way, you know, have been characterized by a thousand years of, of progress in all sorts of things, arts and architecture and economics and industry and literature. I, I don't think they're inherently evil people. How about if I say it that way? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also thought it was interesting it, in Berlin. I spent, uh, had the privilege of spending a few days in Berlin and it's it's not a whitewash of everything. It's 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 this strange sort of it's there, but it's not. I don't know if you've ever spent any time in Berlin. Yeah, I spent a little time in Berlin. It's a weird place, man. Yeah, it's I, like it's acknowledged, but it's not. It's it's not overt, but it's it exists. Let's put it right. This, it's like weird. Let's so. put it this way. I like to think of it this way. You 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 look at the long march of German history, right? It's marked by advancement and, like I said, music, literature, um, e even in politics. Right? They, you know, they were the first people to cobble together a nation state based on language and some inherited customs, but not not a uniform state. Right? The 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 national socialism was a weird and terrible detour, and and to my mind, inexplicable. And I suspect your average German finds it inexplicable as well. It literally like that word, what that word means inexplicable it can't be it can't be explained there's there may be no explanation for it that's ever acceptable not acceptable the word I'm looking for is that that is ever comprehensible right how, how do you how do you how do you accommodate for um insanity at a national level yeah all right one more uh, it's from BBC Germany to cut green spending to meet budget rules. Chancellor Olaf Scholz denied his government was rowing back on its commitments to the green transition. The chancellor has announced that his coalition has reached an agreement over the budget after months of crisis talks. Uh, apparently, there's a constitutional court that ruled last month that next year's budget was illegal because it broke the law on taking on new borrowing. So, in order to get to the lower deficit commitments and uh, they they are phasing out solar energy and electric car subsidies earlier than planned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad the glad the United States isn't the only people who get hamstrung by their judges. No, that's thing one. And then, part of the new cut subsidies for electric car purchase and solar infrastructure will be phased out more rapidly. They will also uh, cut some railway funding. And let's see, the all parties have claimed this was a win win. 
The chancellor's center-left Social Democrats say they limited cuts to the welfare state. The pro-business free Democrats claim credit for preventing new borrowing. And the Greens say the government is still sticking to its core environmental aims, even if certain schemes have been rolled back. So a, a loss is still a win, according to the Greens, because they could have cut worse, I guess. It will be interesting to see what happens in the electric vehicle markets. I mean, the experience in other places is when the subsidy gets cut, sales go way down. You mean yeah. like the, the the PTC and the wind production year over year? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it, it, you know, I, it, well, maybe I should say it this way. Um, the advocates of alternative energy um, reliably and durably inform everybody that, that these forms of energy are now the most uh, cost effective, right? Great. We're about to, yeah. have, we're about to have a real world test of that. So yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so uh, let's stick with EVs a little bit. I got a little bit of a section on EVs. Go ahead. This is from Electric. Audi puts big EV push on the back burner. Says it's now pulling back on what was a fairly ambitious rollout of upcoming electric vehicles in response to what its newly appointed CEO says is the, quote, EV slowdown to avoid burdening factories and dealers we have first looked at what order and density of launches the organization could handle in the end we decided to spread it out and not overwhelm the team and the dealerships so uh let's see I'll tell you what electrics take audi has long been dragging its feet in the ev transition due in part to its heavy lineup of diesel engines and of course, VW's diesel emissions scandal and ongoing software issues haven't set it up for success. So now it can focus on what drives its bottom line, ICE vehicles. Yeah. Should, should I do rapid fire and then we'll talk about it? Or do you want to? No, yeah, whatever. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking that automakers are probably going to start needing, buy, needing to buy like State Department guys. Because these these explanations of why they're retrenching across the board, all these guys, Ford, Chrysler, GM, Stellantis, excuse me, um, uh, Audi, right? All these guys, always they always sound like the same thing. Like, well, yeah, it's not really a retrenchment. It's a refocusing. And if you listen closely, we've been talking about it for a year now already, blah, 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 blah. It's never just like, hey, man, so it turns out nobody wants to buy these things, so we need to do something else. And Every time I hear yeah, because it, because they they have to toe the line, right? Right. Like, but, oh, it, you know. but every time I hear it, it always sounds like some kind of communique from the State Department, right? Like where every word is just, is, you could tell it's been, you know, artfully caressed and like you know, laboriously considered, right? It probably took them like an like six hours to write that press release. You know, like I said, the, the, the easier answer would be, just be, hey, nobody wants to buy these things, so we need to ratchet back, boys. That's yeah, it. Thanks. Peace. But remember, they have seven seven years. They'll have seven years to get 50% penetration of new sale vehicles. in the 50%. The, the rule says 67, but the automakers think they're going to get be able to get a 50% compromise. But yet with all these, the, everyone down the line has either halted production for for technology pro problems or 
are cutting back because as you said, consumers don't want to buy any of this stuff. You add up all of those backtracking and all the money that's being diverted away from it. It's impossible. Hmm. It will be impossible. Well, you left one thing out. There's also guys getting thrown in jail. You forgot that too. The truck guy, the Nikola truck guy. Well, no, I don't know what happened. The CEO, he just got thrown in jail for like four. They, they found him guilty of like four counts, four or five counts of fraud. They're going to toss him in jail. Who is this? The, the CEO of, of Nikola, the, the, the electric truck. Oh, company. I didn't see that. I oh, yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll put it in show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in addition to like budget problems, they actually got a guy who's like, you know, been arrested for lying to people about this stuff. Anyway, long story short is. Everybody out there, there must be somebody in our listening audience. In fact, I know there's at least two guys in our listening audience who do finance in the energy vertical for a living. So um, so Andrew and Todd, and let's throw Lou in there as well. Do me a favor and shoot me an email and tell me basically if I think the real number in 2032 is going to be in the single digits, how I need to bet that in the, in the, in the marketplace. We should, you know, who, who we need to short or who we need to go long on. I- to make money on this thing, because because I'm ready to like make this bet right now. So anyway, give us a call, send us an email, tell us how to play this thing. I'm done talking right. about it. I want to get a bet down. All right, let's let and that'll generously fund this podcast. There you point. go. See, there we go. Now we're talking. Perfect. GM announces layoff at EV factories, 1,300 workers in two of Michigan's plants, according to uh, the layoffs, will affect GM's. Lansing Grand River and Orion Assembly plants. Yeah. Here's the kicker. Both plants were important production centers for GM's electric vehicle initiatives that are now on hold. The um, Orion, Orion, our our, our producer tells us it's Orion. Oh, thank you. And if you can't trust, it looks like Orion. Orion, And in any other part of America, it's Orion. Potato, potato. But apparently the French speakers in Michigan have screwed things up bad enough that it's Orion. American Coney or Lafayette? Which one? This is why the Lions are going to suck indefinitely. <laughs> I prefer American Coney. Lafayette. You can't speak chilling. English. It's too sweet. If you can't me. speak English, it's hard to play football. I'm just telling you that right now. So, anyways, the according to this, it's possible that the workers will, under the new contract, may have opportunities in other Michigan plants. Uh, to to be continue to be employed, but uh, for now, bye bye. So, it's kind uh, of it's kind of tell me tell me that it's is it not kind of weird? I mean, did not the UAW just sign an agreement with GM? I know. I mean, I know. It did they did did I mean did they not have some kind of safe harbor for six months after the contract? I mean, it's crazy well, talk, right? Well, and the other thing that went bye bye as a partly as a result of this deal is the last. Chevy Camaro rolled off the assembly line on December 14th, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. The final units of the 2024 Chevy Camaro convertible were produced uh, on, on November 22nd, but the coupe missed its planned December deadline and instead ended production this week. Yeah. A representative from Chevrolet provided a statement about the end of the Camaro. The statement says Camaro is a passion product it has developed a fan base across the world and has brought people into chevy dealerships for generations then why are you getting seriously so we had to get rid of it yeah this is exactly why we have the save our cars coalition because they are taking away our choices so because of these rules i don't know about that um 
GM, for all you know, GM just got lazy and didn't want to make the Camaros anymore. Uh, you, you have time for a personal story? I have more time. It's our show. We can we can do whatever we want. True story. So don't make it boring. So in the summer of 1980, right at the right at the early part of the summer of 1980, um, I don't want to say where I was in school because it would identify my age immediately. Summer in the summer of 1980, uh, my brother and I found the shell of a 1971 Camaro. It just had uh, it had the body and the axles, and that was it. And we towed it home. And we spent the summer rebuilding it. And picked up, uh, we picked up an engine in a junkyard in Waldorf, Maryland. We picked up a clutch in a junkyard in Manassas, a transmission, I think, in Front Royal. Anyway, we built the whole thing from scratch, basically. 1971 Camaro. It was quick. It was the greatest summer of your life, wasn't I, you it? You know what? It was the greatest summer of my life. See what I'm saying? It was. It was. You this know, is cars. This is what cars do to people it, it, and for people. It brought your your brother and you together. That's man. right. That's right. And that's the thing about it, right? It's something that he and I did together. And you know, my this is this is a personal thing, but you know, my old man felt bad because he couldn't just buy us a new car or a used car or whatever. And I'm like, I'm really glad he couldn't. Because it, you know, it forced us to work that summer together. And, you know, we worked our jobs. And during the day, we hunted around on, in junkyards or we bolted parts together. And then once it was built, you guys fought over who got to drive it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, and, and we, you know, we bombed around the neighborhood. It, like I said, it was quick and it was scary. And we, yeah. we, won, we won our share of races off the line. Anyway, long story short as, is, you know. As a GM person having grown up with my parents working on the assembly line the camaro was always my preferred vehicle over the mustang so yeah i i, I yikes i hesitate to say this i might just go out and buy myself one of these new camaros just to have it damn just, straight just to have it i mean I'm a Mustang. Oh, but they said they may they may resurrect the brand someday with an ev product oh, so boy. yikes yeah that generates a lot of excitement <laughs> come on all right so i am sad sad that uh the camaro is leaving uh the purchase field but i am not sad that this individual is leaving her post this is from fox news our friend tom uh official leading biden's ev push steps down in surprise move fox news brett Bear reports oh no 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 sorry ann carlson who is currently the acting administrator for nitsa will step down from her role on December 26th. Merry Christmas and the and depart the agency entirely at the end of January. Patrick Lolly, who heads NHTSA's government affairs office, made the announcement in a memo circulated among agency staff last Friday. Yeah, they did it really late on Friday and Tom picked it up. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about this. I mean, she obviously is not a person aligned with what I think about the world. I assume the reason she's leaving is because there's some legal um there's some there's some there's some legal possibility that that actions taken under her watch are going to be struck because she's there again contrary to the vacancies act. Mm -hmm. Um oh you mean so she's preserving all the actions that she's done. I, well I don't yeah I, I, I don't think it's going to help but I think it might help them going forward. Yeah. Um, I have a mixed feeling about that because I'm pretty confident from now until the end of the world, um, every president is going to have trouble getting people confirmed to jobs like NHTSA. Yeah, okay, know. but you know there are 
I mean, there are reasons that she shouldn't, you know, that basically she, there were all kinds of emails about her role uh, in her oh, obvious dis, disdain if you want for to ice vehicles, but, but, but set that aside, they, her, her nomination was withdrawn. Yeah. Right. It was withdrawn. Yeah. So, you know, shouldn't be, she should, you know, she shouldn't be continuing to serve acting in, in a, in a, um, well, role that she was basically like kicked out of. Here's what I don't get. Right. If, if she's out, um, somebody like Joe Goffman over at EPA, right? They should also be out. They had same, almost the same fact pattern, right? You know, nomination went up, trouble, trouble, trouble. Nomination withdrawn, or, or in Joe's case, and I think in Carlson's case, it wasn't that they were withdrawn. It's that they were not renominated at the top of 2023. Their nomination, because when the new Congress comes in, you have to renominate these people. I don't yeah. think they were renominated. Like I said, I'm I'm curious to see what the courts are going to do with the Vacancies Act. Um, you know this this whole this whole cafe thing could blow up on that on that particular launch pad. That would, if, be, that if, would be nice. If what you're telling me is I shouldn't feel bad for um, Professor Carlson, let me just say I'm there like a hundred yards ahead of you because I'm I'm engaged in not one not two but three different contests with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and I get the feeling a different administrator could solve all three of them fairly easily. Oh, that's good for you then. That'll be very profitable. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, what I mean is, is that I'm, I'm getting the knife edge of, of Professor Carlson's um, stewardship of NHTSA. How about if we say it that way? Sure. Anyway, uh, we will not miss Ann Carlson. I know I won't. A lot of the damage has been done. So. UCLA's finest. Thank you, California. All right. Uh, I, I missed this. I don't know if you caught this. Did you see Myron's tribute in E and E News? No, Myron. Who? Oh well, Myron Ebel. Who? <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know Myron Ebel, he is a long-standing director of environment and regulatory and energy affairs at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. I have known Myron my entire career in Washington. He uh, is a fixture in conservative uh, uh politics and policy uh and and tim camel wrote a little a little love note for, for myron you ready yeah the headline yeah let's have loud it. and proud climate change denier hangs it up a superstar of denial spear is how former journalist eric Pooley described myron <laughs> ebell in his 2010 book the climate war <laughs> It's this insider in 2009 wrote that Ebel may be the enemy number one to the current climate change community. And the Sierra Club opined in 2016, one of the single greatest threats our planet has ever faced. Wow. That's a hell of, put that on the resume. That's a hell of a thing to say. Ebel has been at the forefront of climate change denial for more than two, this is Cama, in more than two decades in fighting against con conservationists before that through his advocacy, commentary, and influence with conservatives and Republicans. Um, let's see. I like the way they bifurcate conservatives and Republicans. That's nice. Yeah. Good for Tim. Yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, it is because Myron is stepping down as director at CEI's in uh, Center for Energy and Environment, um, and he will be fully retired from CEI at the end of January. Um, let me give you a quote from Michael Mann. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, please. 
<laughs> nobody has done this is really offensive by the way nobody has done more to damage the efforts to address the climate crisis before it's too late than ebell he has devoted his career to mortgaging the planet for future generations through his paid promotion of denial delay and dissembling said michael mann the damage has already been done but he can't retire soon enough his name will surely live on in infamy so wow that seems like a guy who's certain of himself. Yeah. Cer Anyways, certainly, certainly the sort of sort of academic open mindedness I would expect from somebody at the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. Who <laughs> has a rep stellar reputation these days? Uh, you know, uh, Myron, we 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 will not. You will not be gone. Wait a minute. How did Tim end the story? How did Tim? What was his wrap out? What uh, well, was his he, walkout? No, he did give. Uh, he gave um, Myron some good quotes. And uh, let's see, the planet, uh, oh, Tim said, the planet is on track to smash the all-time record for the hottest year ever. Um, let's see. Really? Yeah. Hotter anyway, hotter? it's a very long piece. I'll put in the show notes. Wow. Uh, Myron, congratulations. Uh, you, you've, uh, you're you're the, the single greatest threat to our planet. Wow. You should be very proud of yourself. Like I said, put that on the resume, man. You could probably make bank on that with certain parts of the world. All right. That is it for me. I have spent, I've got every, I've, I've given you everything I've got this week, sir. Anything on your list that we haven't discussed or you want to? No, I don't think so. I just wanted to talk. Like, the, the Christmas thing is what I cared most about. That was fantastic. I mean, eventually, you know, eventually the Senate's going to leave town and we're going to see, we're going to see like, you know, what happens other side of the new year oh man it's going to be a doozy there's going to be a lot of deadlines coming up i here. predict the republicans in the senate are going to try to figure out a way to fritter away um their advantage on immigration that's my bet yeah <laughs> 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 what uh, too easy it too would easy. be it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. I was going to say so true. you see it coming a hundred miles away they're gonna, they're gonna clear the barn what you know here's what i want to know you need to clear the bar here's what i want to know what's to talk about just give them your terms and say meet them you know we'll we'll proceed and we'll vote for your stuff the stuff you want ukraine and israel it's that simple boys it's not a negotiation it's a trade that's it well speaker johnson's got a lot on his plate when he comes back yeah, the man. most wonderful day of the year and with that we are going to close episode one 161 of the Unregulated Podcast. I wish all of our listeners a wonderful and happy and Merry Christmas. And if you don't hear from us next week, you'll hear from us the week after. But if you don't, it'll be also a Happy New Year to you. Namaste. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>